1: Hi, welcome to the Creative Podcast. Glad you're here today.
2: Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm doing great, Julie. Thanks. How are you?
1: I am super, I'm super, super, super. I'm so happy that we could have a conversation today. (laughs) Let's chat. Yeah, I wanted to have a, a chat with you because, you know, what I know about you is you are a powerful woman who's done some amazing things in her life. And subtly too, because you know we always look at people with what they might have done, like on their resume, or they're out in the media. Maybe they're on television, or they're in on a radio show, or they're doing some big things and making big splashes. But there's something about you that I thought would be really nice to have a conversation about with um, just a little bit of your 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 approach to your life and. And how you've just been able to 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 keep going and find new you almost like you reinvent yourself, I think is yes. something that I'm actually pretty um, pretty impressed by. So I awesome. wanted to, to share a little bit of you to the audience today. So thanks for joining.
2: Thanks, Julie. I've Welcome
1: to the creative. This is the new <laughs> podcast, The Creative, and we're all we're all creative beings, so I see you as not only an amazing creative, but also a really good friend. So I'm really happy.
2: Thank to, you. You know, like
1: So I'll start off with a question, and then you, we can just go there. So it's kind of a broad question. Uh, what would what what do you think might be one thing in your life that you uh, feel really? Um, proud of or, or grateful of or something that you feel you, you're glad you did it or you're glad you, you
2: went through that I think what it always comes back to for me is um, a set of values personal values and, and I attribute them to my mother thank you very much and it was always to show up and do your best no matter what and mm-hmm. That no matter if it's the porter or the president, that everybody deserves respect and um, consideration, and that we all put our pants on one leg at a time. And I feel like those values as a platform for me to show up in all areas of my life have been a driving force. <clears throat> and so when I could take shortcuts because nobody was looking. I didn't. And um, when I could, you know, when there was an opportunity maybe to to not do my best, I I, I don't think that that's ever been my approach. Mm. And it served me well. Um, As you know, I had a very successful career in retail. Mm. And that wasn't my life plan as a career. But people noticed a hardworking, ethical, um, do the right thing when nobody was looking kid in me. And um, so I think that that's been the guiding light. And and it's only now, looking back, that I see that as what's really been a part of me always.
1: Mm. Tell me, let's just go there for a minute because I, 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 will, I, I will bring us forward to today, but I just want to go back there for a minute when you were a success in retail. What was it that you felt was your success
3: there? I, I, what was my success there? Well,
2: I was a hard worker.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I was good to people no matter what their title was. And probably especially, you know, not to, not to disparage a porter, but just to use that as an example, as like an entry level into uh, many types of businesses. But I always gave due respect to everybody and treated everybody kindly. And honestly, I feel like that, that, that was it. I, you know, I, we can all learn how to do technical stuff can mm. all show up to work, but at the end of the day, it really is relationships mm. and how we make people feel. And um, I think that I got some good people in the corner for me, rooting for me and supporting my growth at work.
1: Mm. Yeah. Relationships, uh, the, our ability to influence through relationships and people and how people come together is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't, I don't
2: think I understood the power of influence. I think I was trying to do the right thing. Mm. It ended up putting me in a leadership position.
1: (laughs) So, so let's go there for a sec. That's really interesting. Like, so you're, you're, you've tied. so, So how you became a leader in that field what I'm hearing you say is it had a lot to do with how you were able to build those relationships. I think so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I worked for a company that had 22,000 employees Mm. and I made it to director of a department. There was one spot for that position. And Mm. I needed people, I needed support. I needed sponsors. I needed mentors. And I needed people to want to follow my directions and Hmm. so my style my personality isn't one that's authoritative it's not who I am um so yeah it's relationships building relationships and respect it's
1: amazing so you were you were you were at this uh level being a director with many people doing great things uh, can you think back at a time where you felt as a woman in this field uh, where you had to, you said you needed a mentor, or mentors, like what areas for, you know, people looking at you going, you're a leader, right? But what, as the leader, uh, what were you needing uh, in order to feel like you could be that leader? Was there anything that you were looking for as a woman in, um, in in leadership?
2: I I think in real time, I didn't know what that was. And all of my mentors were always men.
1: Mm, Interesting.
2: Much older men. Um, And today's age, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that the younger generation is much more aware of, I think it's more balanced. I don't think it's such a man's world anymore. Right. Really, I would go to a meeting with thirty people and be the only woman. Right. My mentors were all women, so I I think once I landed in a leadership role, and my approach was to be like the men that I was emulating, it didn't work. Was when I realized I probably needed some female energy to help me yeah. be my best.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. If you were to do that experience over, and I know we're going we're gonna to move from there in a minute, but just if you were to do that experience over, what do you think would be something you would do or the way you would act or maybe a desire of how the world around you could have been uh, if it, to, 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 to have felt even more uh, empowered as a
2: leader? <clears throat> I didn't work well in the gray area. And I think part of that was just the masculine energy around me or influence around me. Everything was black and white. Mm -hmm. And I think, I believe that there's an expectation with women to be more nurturing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's less my personality. You know, it's kind of a dichotomy what I'm saying, you know, about relationships before, but I can be very pedantic and black and white and maybe had I had some female influence in the professional world I could have worked better in the gray area Mm. not had to just be all masculine energy at work Mm -hmm. wasn't sustainable it wasn't me
1: right you're not your true self yeah yeah. So so cut to the next phase in your life, I, I want to go to where you actually decided to go out on your own and, and build your own business. Can you tell us about that? Because I think I love that piece of you. And, but that's where I met you. So tell me a little this bit. This is about where we met.
2: met. Yeah, This is where we met. So I had 30 years in, in my career with a big retailer and it, it wasn't working for me anymore. And I started seeking... Okay. Different philosophies about life and values were shifting before my eyes and the pace of 70-hour work weeks didn't leave room for me to dream. Mm -hmm. And I left, I left the gig and I didn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. And the question that was begging to be answered in my heart and soul was, if you could If you could work for free, if it wasn't about money, Mm. how would you spend your time? Mm. What would you do? What a great question. What a great question. And that was really it. That was my guiding light. And it was at the time was I would work with animals.
3: Yeah.
2: I would work with animals. And I had a friend who was a successful dog groomer um, making great money. And I said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go for it.
1: And awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you do? Tell us what you did. What were the first steps? <laughs> it must have been incredibly daunting, apart from the fact that dogs are amazing. <laughs>
2: right. So, the first step was to go to dog grooming school and and realize that uh, I was so out of my realm, my comfort zone. Um, I mean, clipping dogs' nails and dogs crying and dogs don't want to be there. It wasn't the fantasy I had imagined of cuddling dogs and giving them a bath and brushing their hair and having a good time. They didn't want to be there. Uh, but I did <laughs> and I was determined to create a dog grooming business where dogs wanted to come back and that it wouldn't be the typical grooming salon that I had seen my dogs for years run from and not want to go to. So I went to dog grooming school and I was pretty business savvy. And I just took what I knew in business and did a lot of research on how to build a website, how to do your own marketing, how to target a specific demographic, um, what age group I wanted. And then i converted my garage at my house <laughs> and i i built a business
1: yeah
2: grooming dogs in my backyard and to supplement that i was renting out a room in my house to women traveling on airbnb mm, mm, mm. and Very i just i just went from this crazy rigid 14 hour day work days never home to hosting International, cosmopolitan women traveling the world—you know—after giving them coffee and toast, going in the garage and grooming dogs,
3: Mm.
2: and it it was—it was—it—it didn't end up being what I thought it would be, but what it did do was help me really get in touch with my own nervous system, which was incredibly healing. And just, uh, just seeing like what a tight grip I was so high strung from this intense job I'd had my whole life. Yeah. And, and that type of touch on a dog doesn't help them relax and I had to learn to call myself. And, and the dogs were always a reflection of what I was internally. So yeah. And I, I was able to build a business and did pretty good. It was. hated.
3: Oh, yeah. So, I mean,
1: you really did become successful, but it's really interesting what, just hearing back what you're saying, uh, because first of all, you said.
0: Does an orthopedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles and hands. Plus, we're the official healthcare partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com sportsmed or call 888-4-GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital. This is the summer to expand your horizons. It's time to explore. But before you set foot out the door, set foot in the ultimate lightweight, super packable travel shoes from Allbirds. Find your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com.
1: You asking the question about, you know, money versus something that is going to be of joy for you. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm curious, we'll, we'll talk about money in a minute, but I'm curious, you said also healing as well. And you mentioned things about, um, uh, you know, going from this corporate America to this whole different thing. And I could see, your face is just lighting up as you're telling this story about working with dogs and working with travellers. Um, so what was the difference? What, even though I'm also hearing, because you had to completely reinvent yourself, you had to <laughs> learn how to groom. Yeah. You're starting yeah. all over again, right? Yeah. But there's this sort of joy that I'm seeing in your face. Yeah. I know, we just saw a cat walk by Julie's face just there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it. The love of animals lives on. <laughs> yeah. I think it was the first time that I got to show up as me. Mm. Walk into a boardroom. I didn't have to walk into the president's office, the CEO's office in an outfit that I would never wear to happy hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) or to your party. I mean, I just, I was, it was the first time to be authentic Yeah. to to really say who is the customer I want to work with and who don't I want to work with and how do I design that? Like, how do I design a life that I, I want? And, and I did it and it was super scary and, rewarding beyond i met people that i never would have met ever mm-hmm. met mm-hmm. um i just put myself out there in ways that were exhilarating
1: yeah it totally is in your expression just this whole it's, it's so exciting when you can follow kind of more like a passion right. and then which is really my whole kick about this and why we're here but like following a passion and being more authentic yeah. Uh, to yourself, not having to try and fit into someone else's shoes or pretend to be something else. Right. Um, so, tell us a little bit about the 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 monetization side of it, because I think I think this is where you know uh, I have a whole perspective on like what what is money really like. You know, what are we really trying to make as money, and and should should a hobby should, should should is it a hobby or is it actually a business? You know you know for me in the music business I've always had had to justify that I'm in business versus just a hobby, right? But, and I've always felt like well if I can break even, um, that's business to me because you've got to put some money out, make some money in, and it may not be a million dollars, but it's at least it's it's living a life, right? So maybe just share whatever you want to share there, how you feel about that and where you got to uh, in, in, in the best part of that
2: business for you. Uh, you, you know, I, I didn't see that part coming. Okay. I didn't. It's still it's been almost seven years and okay. there's, there's a luxury to making good money.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: status and there's um there's just an aspect of life that comes with having financial security and a lot of fat in the bank that for me you know a lot for me this is all relative right uh yeah,
1: that's really what I want to get to well what, what's that relative for you say that again that's what I want to get to what's what 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 is relative to you meaning like for yeah. others it could be they want a certain amount and they need to be able to have that money and buy new things. Yeah. But you running your own business that you enjoyed, did you find a place of balance financially as well? Or was it a struggle? Or, you know, what do you want to share there? Because I think because I want to get real on this because we tend, some of us tend to pretend, even myself, that... Oh, everything's great because I'm making music. But yet we could be feeling like we're struggling. But yet we could be at a job making money and also struggling.
2: There you so go.
3: You there you go.
2: It? That's it, really. I mean, I, I wish I had a simple answer. Um, there's been a lot of grieving about, about the money. Um, excuse me. <laughs> it's good they're part of this interview they are um, tell me a little bit about that well grieving I I I like to spend money I like to I've always had new cars I always had you know nice outfits mm. nails you know vacations whatever I wanted to do I had that freedom and then at the same time I was empty inside mm. And, um, so the flip side is, is I don't have, I mean, I, I, it's very complicated. The whole money thing is very complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had to make tough decisions Mm -hmm. to to support a life that isn't with a big abundance of cash,
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, but to also stay true to, I want, I want my time now. And, and it's hard to remember that right now, it's not bull. I don't have freedom of time and a bunch of abundance with cash. But what I want is my time and my experience. And I want to go to yoga. <laughs> yeah. I want to play with my dogs. And I don't want to do what you have to do to make a lot of money.
3: Yeah. So there's a, there's a trade-off, right? There's, there's a trade-off. Off. And and really like it's it's been really hard to um it's a
2: lot of work to be mindful of the decisions I've made. Hmm. And 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 also to be really truthful to I've spent a lot of time looking back and saying, did I ruin my life? What did I do? Like these opportunities don't just come all the time, you know, to make a lot of money, but I've never been happier. I've never been healthier, right. Never taken better care of myself, you know, just by virtue, not by virtue, but by virtue, let's just say some bad lifestyle habits I had have you- Falling away Mm. yeah amazing it's a coincidence
3: so
1: it's amazing and I think that you know when I when I hear you I see so much strength in you like to have been able to overcome obstacles to go out on your own to make these bigger decisions of going from a comfort and playing the game in corporate America versus versus taking care of yourself, healing, following what feels good for you. And there's always that trade-off right? like that. and, And that's the balance that we all have to try and find. If you were to look back now, um, knowing that you've had, and we didn't even go to other experiences that you've had, but we just used these two as an example, but, um, Looking back, what what do you think uh, would be the significant success for you? What is success to you now
2: even? Like you asked me what my definition of success is now? Yeah. I think it's in our peace it's peace and it's authenticity. And um, having good a few good friends, your family, um, and if if you can have that, and then make money to boot, that you know the money is the gravy. The money is the gravy. It's not the wealth. Like the wealth is our health. It's our well being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, success is. Gosh, if I look at somebody, you know, who has their own business and isn't working 60 hours a week, I just don't, I don't know how, I'm not sold that anybody can work 60 hours a week and show up for themselves and those around them. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know how, how that's done. And for me, Looking back, it really
3: was a coping mechanism mm-hmm. to
2: to to be distracted from my own healing. Mm. Wow, well, um, now we're
1: getting somewhere. This is interesting. Uh, this, but now we're getting somewhere. This is interesting. Where you're going here? Yeah. Do you think some of the choices that you made in, um, you know, let's just put it put it as a statement, like the corporate America, sixty-hour week leadership position was uh, perhaps distracting you from the core of what you really needed to focus on, that healing piece? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Ask me again. Say that again. Do you think that um, being that corporate America 60-hour-a-week girl was a distraction to what you really needed to focus on, which is that healing and who you are, where you needed to go?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there was a million ways I could have distracted myself. Mm. And I think I'm pretty grateful that it was in this Fortune 100 company. Mm -hmm. I, you know, as different as it could have been, I was surrounded by a bunch of people that really believed in me. And it was an incredible journey. It was an incredible journey to like, be dealing with millions of dollars in revenue and loss and profit and you know legal and compliance I mean just all aspects of business um it was an amazing run it was fantastic and it worked while it worked it was good while it was good
3: Hmm.
2: and I was young you know and I think part of not being young anymore is Like time is ticking and and what really matters? And are you being your best? Are you showing up as your best? And the answer was yes for a long time, I think. Whether I agree looking back in retrospect, but it stopped working.
3: If you were able to go
1: back to your 18-year-old self,
3: what would you tell her? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh.
2: Oh. <laughs> a tough one, huh? Oh, she just, she, oh, my gosh. I, 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 a, I would make sure she knew how smart she was. She, I, my 18-year-old self just didn't know that I was so smart. Or she was so smart. So um, it would have been to stay in school and then, get the first degree and then get the second degree and get the third degree and, and probably
3: open her heart. Yeah.
2: It was, you know, work is easy. Work is like there's rules, you know, everybody needs to behave in a certain way. And I, I like that. I liked that structure,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but yeah, I would have, made sure she knew she was super special and that she didn't have
3: to worry how people thought of her and just to be her best and yeah. How do you create the, a, a safe vessel to honor your past, your trauma, the misfortunes, um the mistakes and discharge that and heal. And...
2: I, I think if there's any regrets is that I couldn't do that while I had my job, and that I had to give up that career to
3: do the work. But I'm so grateful. For the peace I have. I've never had this before.
2: And, and it's, I mean, you are, you know, if there's three people that have showed up in this new life of mine that are shining stars, you're one of them. And, and, and really, you were my first friend that lived a life that I admired and that was different from what I had known before. So if I was to go back to my 18-year-old self or talk to any other person. It is that you're, we all have work to do and create that space for yourself to explore and discharge and keep your heart open.
4: When was the last time you found a professional look that fits so well, you felt like you could take on anything? Indochino believes you shouldn't fit your clothes. They should fit you, your body, personality, and style. Because finding the perfect fit is about more than your measurements, it's how you show the world who you are. Design every detail of your suit to be totally you with Indochino's new women's wear line. Simply submit your measurements online or visit an expert style guide at an Indochino showroom. They have hundreds of high-quality fabrics and details to choose from and are always adding new options, so you can add your own flair. With endless ways to customize, designing an outfit is easy. Just tell Indochino how you want it, and that's how they'll make it. Find your perfect fit and stand out in style with a custom suit from Indochino. For 10% off, use promo code WOMEN when you visit Indochino.com to book a showroom appointment or place an order. That's I N D O C H I N O.com promo code WOMEN.
0: Does an orthopedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and hands. Plus, we're the official healthcare partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com sportsmed or call 888-4GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital.
2: And.
3: Love. Yeah. And for the, you know, for young girls who are
1: becoming women in this world where we're always striving to be something, what would you want to say to them based on what you've learned?
3: Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I I don't,
2: I say this, I'm just going to say this without any fluff, but we are not immune to the conditioning of society and that we come with, you know, by the time we're five years old, we're we're so conditioned, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, we build and build and build, whether it's gender roles or school roles, family roles, and, um, you know, how,
3: how do you, we just pick up the pers- these
2: personalities in childhood or teenage years or young adulthood, and they work, they serve a purpose, and then we become attached to them. And they don't serve us forever. Like, we're always evolving. And how do we just, I guess, ha- understand that we are very conditioned and we pick up roles and we assume the position because we want to be liked, we want to be accepted. We want to be whatever it is we want to be. And sometimes we lose ourselves in that.
3: And, and yeah, how, how do you just keep coming back to a place where you can examine what's going on and what's that
2: dialogue between your, your ears
1: Almost like how do we stay authentic? How do we stay true to our true selves? Yeah. As we do things in life, as we take on jobs, as we we become who we are
2: and not lose that sense of. Yeah, I mean, I don't if you would have asked me when I was 30, like if I would have heard what I just said when I was 30. It just wouldn't have resonated. It, I I couldn't have connected with it. I didn't I didn't believe that I was not being authentic, and I was I was being authentic, but I was also carrying a bunch of baggage around, that mm. it wasn't mine, and I didn't even know it. And so that's why, I, like, I hesitate when I say, "What would you say to younger people?"
1: Because
2: mm. I just you know, for me. It didn't come until this time in life where it made sense that I was carrying stuff around that wasn't mine or that was mine. And it worked really good when I was 25. I needed that, but it doesn't work anymore. And I don't need to hold on to that. And I can let the universe recycle that for somebody else where it's needed. And so, yeah. So
1: fast forward. You're like, I don't know. 80. Yeah. <laughs> where are you? What are you doing? If you think about it in your future. Oh God. What would you have liked to have say, said to Julie back, you know, Excellent. when you're 80, going, okay, where am I? Where am I at now?
2: Oh my gosh, when I'm 80. <laughs> um, let's see. Jackson and Natalie will be like almost 40.
1: They're my kids. Oh my God. I can't even imagine that they
2: are gonna be 40 then. <laughs> and hopefully we'll still be as as good of friends as we were when they were four. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I think I think that's the person that like at this time of life, like, how do I make eight-year-old me proud and how do I take care of eighty-year-old me? Mm that I don't have regrets. Like there's still a little girl in me, like, let's go. Like, let's do this. And then I'm going to be 80 and I, it's, I don't, I mean, hopefully I'll be 80, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: uh, I imagine with good health and all that yoga and mountain climbing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost like, like, are we, is there anything else we really need to prove? Do we need to prove anything in our lives? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh uh-uh. uh, no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah,
1: but we, but, but I, remember, I remember doing that all the time though. That was my thing. Like I felt like I had to prove myself yeah. all through my, ever since I was really young, you know, yeah. and then twenties and thirties and getting into the forties, I was like still feeling like I had to prove to the world that I, I was this something and I could do this and make this money and be successful and. You know, at the time for me, it was like being on the radio, and I getting a Grammy, and you know, in business and being an executive, and you know, and then we're just kind of wasting our energy just trying to prove to people that these they, them, the others, who are these people we're trying to prove to.
2: It's very, it's very bizarre, and I feel like, is it just a human condition? Like, is that just what we do? And then we reach a stage in life and realize that like that's that that served us then you mm-hmm. know it was like a, a charging force and now I don't know I wonder I wonder if that's just part of life is that we're finding our way and chasing dreams and mm-hmm.
1: yeah know. the dream part I love like dreaming big and you said mm-hmm. that yeah, you can have whatever you want. I, I'm totally with you there. Like, I believe in that. And I've always been about that. Um And, and I think it's a survivalist instinct to want to show the world or do something in the world. But, you know, this whole pandemic and, and just where we're at in the world too, it makes me think. What what are we trying to prove? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether you are a corporate leader or you run a cheese factory or you're a dog groomer or you, you know, what what are we really? It's like, it's like what do we really want
2: out of life? I think the pandemic has has brought that question to the forefront and yeah. changed the landscape of of being a leader of our business of attracting good help what is good help how do you keep good help um you know it's a it's a brand new day and people aren't just hanging out for a job Um,
1: that's right in fact we can reinvent our job that's right it's like we don't have to go into the office anymore we can decide where we want to live and work and have a balance with the work-life balance you know and People are getting out of LA and New York and the main cities and moving to small towns because they can work remotely right. and also find, pursue passions and not, and be with their family and not just be a workaholic 60 hours a week working for the, for, for right. someone else.
2: Yeah. One you know, one thing that's interesting around your podcast here, Um and moving up here to Bellingham, Washington um, from Los Angeles where I was born and raised. Mm. Loved the city. I loved the nightlife. I loved the music scene. Um, Is coming here and nobody wears makeup. The girls, Mm -hmm. like everybody looks like they just came off of a mountain. (laughs) Right? Well, they look amazing though. (laughs) and, 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 like it's the neatest, smartest, most interesting people you meet all the time. Mm. And I, I'm fascinated by it. Like there's a lot of tech people like, you know, Costco was invented here. Starbucks was, Microsoft, what, I mean, Amazon. Amazon, the list goes on of really smart, successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. And there's a lot of money, but there's the glitz, the glamour, like that doesn't fly here it's almost like you're a freak you know um huh. and so like to get to that part in LA sort of you have to like kind of have a game face
1: right LA was all about like what you dress how you wear what stage name who you know who you're attached to what are you wearing yeah
2: where do you live yeah it's very it's very interesting here to see the the difference in values yeah and and like they're really smart people and like kind, and just a whole different scene. And so it's been refreshing. Um, I'm not driving a Subaru yet, so.
1: <laughs> driving a Subaru, <laughs> no.
2: I yeah, I, yeah. I like I'll always be a city girl and love the city life and all that comes with it. But it is refreshing here to um, see it, a, a, difference in values yeah how people walk through the world
1: yeah it's almost like a getting back to basics and again that word the authenticity of just being that true self like you don't Uh have to don't have to pretend you know show up with you yeah yeah badass julie (laughs) she's a badass Um, for the listeners today what What would you want them to take away from our conversation today for their own journey?
2: Oh gosh. I mean, to learn how to get quiet with yourself.
3: Mm.
2: I think there's so much juiciness in going inward and getting quiet and, um, tuning into the inner voice that we all have. The answers are all inside. They're not everything we seek is is really in us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the biggest treat that I've learned is I don't have to, it's inside. It's an inside job.
3: Right.
1: Yeah, we're, we often are looking to people around us or things around us or key milestones around us or the money around us or the successes around us. But what you're yeah. saying is it's really within. Yeah. Well, how do you go within now? What are, What are your creative things and passions, and how do you do that? What's your, <laughs> what What do you like to do now? I know that you're you living up in the uh, in, in in Washington.
2: Tell us a little bit about some of those things. Well, we're surrounded by huge mountains, mm. volcano volcano mountains, Mount Rainier, Mount Baker, fourteen thousand feet tall. So, I've taken up a new hobby of hiking. Wonderful. (laughs) You take the dogs? They don't go. No, Oh, we do. You know, it's like no less than eight miles and 2000 feet elevation gain.
1: Oh, my God. That's a lot of work.
2: It's a lot. (laughs) It's it's a whole different world than a city girl. And it's incredible how beautiful nature is and just what it does to your, your sense of everything you're just surrounded by massiveness so that's one thing but the other thing is has been yoga mm. and i've
1: always known you as as, as someone into yoga actually yeah.
2: yeah that was that was the biggest gift was i had gone to a local studio in sherman oaks mm-hmm. and was on their marketing list for 20 years i would go you know once a year i would take a class and i opened the email and there was a, a work trade offer And I, I had just left my corporate gig and I thought what better way to get involved with a new community, you know, trying to find my way, like, where do I go now that I'm not corporate Julie, Mm -hmm. I I just opened that email and there it was. And and that really has been the catalyst for authenticity is finding that quiet time, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: feeling, feeling just old stuff, breakup and yoga, literally just like, it's like taking a bottle brush and just like cleaning out and your lips. Cleaning
1: limb. out the cobwebs. Yeah. It's,
2: yeah. 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 So that's probably my biggest ticket is doing it. <laughs> hanging out with my dogs.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, so, you know, we all have learned that you're a dog lover. How do you interact with dogs these days? Cause you're onto the next the next <laughs> pursuit, but what, how many dogs do you have? What kind of dogs? I'm sure we want to know what kind of dogs you like too.
2: I have two dogs, Ella and Earl, <laughs> 12. And I actually was going to work at 430 in the morning. Cause that's due. Yeah. do. And, um, I got off the freeway and these two little dogs ran across the street wow. and I got them in my car and they weren't chipped and, Fast forward a couple of weeks of trying to reconnect them, you know, get them with their people. It was unsuccessful. And I, they're mine. And really they, they, they changed the trajectory. Um, I've never had any, I I haven't had dogs since I was a kid. Mm The kindness of a dog is, is unmatched and the kindness and the compassion, the love, the forgiveness, the joy they are just so pure of goodness yeah they are (laughs) you know i I guess i guess like the the question is like how do you show up and be as good as your dogs think you are
1: (laughs) how do you show up as good as your dogs that's a good title for this podcast how do you show up as good as your dogs
2: (laughs) right yeah oh
1: amazing yeah i I remember when I first met you, because um, we lived in the same neighborhood. Um, you would be going through the streets with your with Ellen Earl with your two dogs on these long leashes, and she doesn't have the retractable leash; she has the like the you know the traditional rope leash. Yeah. Uh And uh, and you know, I remember going for a walk with her once with our dog Bella, and you know. Julie's like come for the walk with us I'm like okay cool she's just gonna go around the block no it's like I don't know maybe an hour through the streets of Sherman Oaks we went on a hike
2: (laughs) right I remember I remember
1: (laughs) It's like okay this is this ain't this is not an ordinary dark person here
2: (laughs) oh Julie it was because your company was so good i know we should talk about a lot of stuff (laughs) yeah it was a good company i said let's just keep walking (laughs)
1: yeah awesome it's been a it's been a pleasure to to chat with you today um miss julie and um i was gonna ask you uh i always start i always play play some music now before we we choose the song what kind of music do you like to listen to just in general
2: my my favorite music is like dance house music
1: wow cool which is really funny were you one of those house dancers like doing the whole house lifestyle? I was
2: I was because yes and it, yes and it, it's funny I live in a college town now mm-hmm. and last weekend it was Halloween weekend and somebody talked me into going out and we went down to the clubs and the music was so loud I was so happy dancing like I love loud music and I love to dance. Um, But a new genre of music that I do enjoy living here in the Pacific Northwest is, is it called mountain music or like fiddle, fiddle, banjo? Oh, like uh, kind of country or folk or? Maybe folk. It's definitely not country. Okay. Um, But it's like banjo, fiddle. Yeah. Yeah. I think they call it mountain Blue,
1: bluegrass maybe yeah yeah,
2: yeah exactly. I think that's the common name yeah
1: oh nice that's yeah. fun I and like, I like to listen to classical yeah wonderful I listen to Jilly Moon yeah <laughs> that's great well, actually well speaking of that what song yeah. I, what song am I gonna play today
2: well I was thinking because it is the beginning of November <laughs> I know where you're going with this you do yeah what's the name of the song
1: days of november all right let's play days of november we'll come back after the song all right days of november days in november traveling long Journey through open white plains, guided by moonlight, keeping me sane, searching. All right. That was Days of November, Uh, one of my songs um, that I wrote when I was touring with Eric Idle, actually, from Monty Python, and we were (laughs) travelling on a bus going through all these different states uh, of America, and we were up near Winnipeg, I think, and we were just going through lots of snow country. Oh, wow. And so I remember just like just writing all these words down as we're going through. Um, Julie, it's been an absolute pleasure to to hang out with you. Thanks, Julie. Thank Likewise. You, thank you for sharing your your history and and um, you know your entrepreneurship is your your you really your vulnerability as a woman in business both in corporate America and building a business. I think there was a subtle, subtle hints there that you said about you know running your own business. And I think for folks who are listening, it's it's not easy, right? It's not an easy
2: thing. No. 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 You're faced with tough decisions all the time.
1: Yeah. But but you're not alone, right? There's there's a, a lot of people, especially coming out of the pandemic too, who are I call it like a renaissance again where we're trying to find out our place again you know finding new new things to do new ways to work new passions how do we survive like we went through a a really like big thing kind of I mean traumatic right these last few years yeah yeah So where to next for you well,
3: that's an interesting question.
2: I, I, I think that the key for me is, is to network and to put myself out there. Um, some days I say, I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to go back for the money. I'm super savvy in business. I'm educated. I've got a ton of experience. And the universe doesn't respond in kind me sending out my resume it just hasn't it hasn't been a match um but I do believe that I am a good fit for for a business somewhere and I think that I'll end up back in business I was just gonna say this is like a
1: 360 then or 180 maybe we call it I think so I think so what what Um, so what what, that's so fascinating I do want to go there for a minute so you you were in business, corporate America, working for others. Then you went into running your own business, being entrepreneurial, following your passions. And now you kind of, you know, and I did kind of cut you off when we were talking about pandemic, but it seems like there's a shift in you to relook at working in business again.
2: Well, I just, you know, I, I, I would love my fantasy is, is that you can, you can, you can have it all. Mm. Have it all, and I feel like I've done a lot of work, um, and I want to go see how that can play out. Yeah, I mean, how can I bring my
3: this new me?
2: Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm a grown up now, and um, and I have a lot to offer. You know, I, I mean. It's nice to play small and, you know, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Are you playing small or are you, yeah, we'll see. I think, I think the idea is, is to keep putting myself out there, meeting new people, looking at the businesses around. Um, I spend some time volunteering in different ways and I imagine that that'll open doors So just trying to take creative avenues to Mm -hmm. get out in the world and and see how I can participate.
1: Amazing. Uh, You touched on some really great things today. Some of the things that I heard were going within, that you have everything inside you uh, for where you need to be. Um, I also, you know, we really reflected on some of the things that we thought was success, like corporate america that being a leader managing all those people the money versus being with dogs and finding passion and enjoying that going within and the yoga and that was amazing that piece and even now like giving yourself permission to to go and reinvent yourself again and it's okay uh, to do that and you have you can have it all that's just such an amazing statement julie um very inspiring.
2: very inspiring. You're very inspiring. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to turn the tables and give the listeners an opportunity to tell about you because that's a really good story.
1: <laughs> Maybe you can interview me next one. In
2: the next... <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Yes. Yeah.
1: You okay, can do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I tell people all the time. Yeah. For the listeners, yes. <laughs> all the way. But have an incredible journey that you've lived. Mm. Beautiful family and success and creativity and music, art.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think that's the, that's the place where we need to find that balance, right? We, we can't not do that. Right. We can't not have our passion, our music, our, our, our yoga, our dogs, our mountains. You know, we have to find that, like you just said earlier, how can you? How can you be there for others if you're in a big way? If you're doing sixty hours a week working for someone, right? Like there's got to right. be that balance.
2: Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. And we're all a work in progress.
2: That's right. That's <laughs> right. The work is never going to end.
1: It's <laughs> no. <Never is> over. <laughs> yeah, That's amazing. Cool. Well, so nice to chat. Thanks, Chilly.
2: I'll Bye have you days.
1: back when when you next find your next your next. A uh, creative outlet. I I can't wait to bring you back and we'll have to
3: talk about that. <laughs> thank
2: thank you. You're welcome. Bye. We'll talk soon. Bye. Come and join
1: us at the dot com. 8 dot com. Or find us on social. Or find me, jilly Moon. See you soon.